Addicted. Addicted to Call of Duty. Hey, man, we back. Views from the Chair Podcast. There's no reason why you shouldn't be. It's a good game. Stress reliever. I look at it. It is a great game. Um, yeah, we back, man. Another another week of Views from the Chair Podcast. Um, what you get into last week, man? How the weekend go? Dude, my uh, I've, I've been on a run of great weekends, man. Mm-hmm. On a, I've been on a real run of great week. I've just been having a lot of fun. You know, yeah, you can share. You know, uh, I had a good weekend. Friday, I went um somewhere. I had a good time. I tried a new spot out in Philly. That was pretty electric. Good, good low key spot. Nice, nice uh, golf oriented. John, that was real fun. Mm-hmm. Um, Saturday, I went to a funeral. Well, my first Saturday, I went. I, I had an eventful Saturday. Um, Saturday, uh, I had my first rec league game. Dominant performance. <laughs> you know, all aspects of the game, probably like 20 boards, at least 10 assists, four points. We're not here to score anymore, John. Not at our age. We're not We're not out there to score. We're out there to run the offense. All right. All right. I'm out there just get run through, come out. You feel me? Like dicing them up. Then I went to a nice little funeral. Uh, that was pretty cool. Um, hmm. Don't want to stop there and talk about funerals? Oh, uh, we can. Um, I don't know if "cool" is the word you normally associate with funerals, but yeah, that's fine. Know. That's ins- yeah, you're completely right. That's insensitive to say the funeral is cool. It's a nice funeral. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good funeral. Nice kid. Um, I was talking about this with a friend, and I'll talk about it because it was they, they were open about it and whatnot. But a lot of times in funerals, and like I think it's a difference between our parents' age group and our age group. Mm-hmm. Right, let me go through weekend recap first, and then we can go into that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Saturday, I stopped over at Richie's house. We had a nice little mini bonfire gathering at his crib. It's good. It's good. Good time. Man, you all right? It was. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was good. I just got back from the gym, so I'm a little flushed. Okay. Um, Makes sense. But yeah, man, it was good times. Always, always good to see Richie, man. Always, always good to have fun with him and whatnot. Nice. Um, I'm still at the point where I'm not letting my nephews beat me at shit, and I'm gonna keep rocking with that. I'm gonna keep going with that until they like until physically my body can't keep up with it. Then you just don't play them. Yeah, like probably like once they hit like 16, 17, they start getting a little more advanced than me and shit. I'm done. Like, oh, mm-hmm. my, you know, you know what? My back's a little too fucked up. We can play golf though. Yeah, and fuck them up in that. Yeah, unless they get good at that, and then uh, Sunday it was just rainy out all day, so I, I pretty much came home. I did some laundry and chilled. Uh, how was your weekend? Oh man, I had the most chill weekend. Uh, I had the most chill week actually. Nice man. Yeah, had a had a. Uh, what I do? I ain't do shit honestly. Just had practice last Wednesday. Weekend it was rainy basically all weekend, so I ain't really get into nothing. Uh, game canceled, so that was a thing. And uh, yeah, man, just preparing for next week. Uh, I'm gonna be off the pod next week. Mm. Uh, maybe there'll be a guest. Maybe there won't be an episode. Who knows yet? Jake, Jake said he was going to step in. Uh, probably will bring the laptop. So if I got Wi-Fi, expect a uh, that, man. with a uh, with an ocean view. So yeah. yeah, I mean, you can if you want. I remember I did that work trip down in Orlando, and I was thinking I was going to do it as well. And then, like, once you get there, you're like, yeah, we could just take the week off. It's not that deep. It's definitely not, but I would love to do one from but, a remote location. Oh, no, it would be sick. As long as the Wi-Fi is good. If it's shitty, I'm not doing it. And Flocka did say he would jump on next week. Um, so it should be nice. Uh, yeah, so good weekends all around. So anyway, I went to this funeral, and I think there's a difference in our parents' generation, our generation, or I don't really know what it is. But you know, like, there's a lot of overdoses, suicides, and whatnot now. Um, yep. And it's always like somebody passed away suddenly. Yep. Like, I don't like that shit, me personally. Like, like, you um, don't like you passed away suddenly? Yeah, I'm not a fan of it, man. Mm-hmm. I'm just not a fan of it. And, like, it's at, like, your parents' discretion, I suppose. Like, my mom knows if something's happened to me. Like, put it. Whatever happens to me, put it. You know? If I have a bad day and I off myself, put that shit in the obituary. Dog first line. Off yourself. Sheesh. 100%. 100%, bro. I'm on the opposite side of that. That's fine. If I'm drunk driving, I run into a tree, put that bitch in there, dog. Mm. Put it in there. Let motherfuckers like, learn from my like shit. do it subtly. Like, I need to settle. For what? Everybody wouldn't know what happened if it was like that. Um, 
I think you could do it subtly in the funeral as far as um, saying something about making better decisions or something like that. I don't think it should be. I'm not tiptoeing around that shit. Like, it's I'm, supposed to be an event celebrating you, though. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I agree with that. Um, this funeral that was very transparent. A buddy's uncle came up there and was like, yo, he took his own life. I like shit like that. Took his own life. Let's do this as a learning moment. Yo, he took his own life. One of his friends said it first and his uncle reinforced it, but <clears throat> he took his own life. You're like, let's do a learning John here. Like, yeah, buddy was struggling with some shit. Most of the people around him didn't know that shit. Mm. This shit's more common than most suicides at an all-time high. This shit's more common than most people think. Like, if you're thinking about offing yourself, go get some help. This shit gets better. Like, yo, if you're suicidal, it's not like a, you're not going to be suicidal all the time. And like, the flip side of that is like, if you are suicidal, like, you won't do anything about it, then yeah, you probably will keep getting hit with that shit. So yeah, I definitely could see it go a different way though. I feel like that shouldn't be, or I would say in my situation, I wouldn't want it to go like that. As far as that being something that the last time you're probably gonna see my body, or the last time you're gonna see my body is that's what's being brought up. Well, I think that's the. Th I guess that's my main point is that and overdoses is there's a stigma around it to where like there's almost a shame to bring it up. I don't even think it's a shame. I think it's more so like uh, uh, let's talk about the positive. Let's just we could talk about that shit any other time, but today let's talk about the positive. Let's let this shit be okay. a, a a good a good remembrance of me. Yeah, it's good to get the message out, but just like when somebody's sick. I don't think you just go all the way like... I think people talk about it when they're sick, though. When somebody dies of cancer, they'll be like, they, they fought to the last day. Or they did like... They'll, they'll say shit that's very abundant. Okay, so would you be opposed to that? They at the funeral of a suicide or whatever it is, and they say they fought to the last day? Yeah, I mean, I would be fine. I guess my thing on this would be it's preventable. So like it like I would rather my death not go in vain because we're we're tiptoeing around it. Not to say that it's going in vain if you are tiptoeing around it, but that could be a very like I'm sure in that funeral because it was packed. There's probably a hundred or so people in there. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it's, shit statistics say I'm sure 15 people in that bitch were depressed. Close okay. to it, at least 10. Okay. So like let's not sweep it under the rug. Yeah, like there is different ways you could go about it. Or same way with it, like if you go to an overdose funeral. Mm -hmm. There's more people in that bitch with addiction right now. Go get some. I think, I think though, uh and not even on this specific funeral, but if everybody knows what the per certain person died from or passed from, uh I feel like we would know. Okay, so are you more on the People at the funeral or people close to him saying there's other options, or are you more on the like, let's have a discussion about this shit? I guess the discussion would lead to there is other options, right? Yeah. I don't think it okay. could. I don't, yeah. I don't think. I feel like a discussion would be more than. Like, okay, this shit's over and at the repass. Now let's have a talk about it. Because everybody doesn't go to the repass. Some people just come to see the, the the funeral, view the body, and keep it moving. Then you got the repass where you actually mingling with people, talking, blah, blah, going on and on. I feel like there will be more appropriate than we over this woman or this man's body and we talking about his a flaw of his or hers. And this is going to be something we remember from this day when it's the last like I said it's the last time you're about to see this dude and um, I guess that's the difference in our per perception of it yeah is yeah. I don't look at it as like a flaw okay. either one okay I don't think either one's a flaw addiction's a disease depression's a disease I'm saying just fall into it yeah. then, okay, if you don't look at it as a flaw then what would you call it it's a disease you're not going to say somebody has cancer has a flaw no it's a sickness. Okay. I mean, okay. If that's how it's classified, that's how it's classified. Yeah, scientifically, they're both sicknesses. Yeah, I'm, I'm rocking. If that's what it is, that's what it All is. Right. Let's I, I'm just saying in those in those instances, I would try to refrain from that at the last time we celebrating this person and 
Yeah, especially if my yeah yeah. And I mean, I mean, look, I get it because it's it really is at the parent and the family's discretion. Like what, however you guys want to champion it or like do it, you know, whatever, more comfortable. But if if I was to die in that fashion, front street. Yeah, I will say I get the funerals I have been where people have fell to those type of things. Um, I get on, and this is me. Maybe it's something I got to work on. But I get uncomfortable when people bring up the why or how this person passed and i'm more so on the let's talk about all the shit you remember let's talk about the funny shit let's talk about the good times let's talk about x y and z i would rather it a funeral turn and start turning into a more so a celebration of the life like let's talk about the good like if somebody gets shot and killed i don't want to hear about him getting shot and killed i know you got shot and killed i know yeah. she got shot and killed okay let's talk about the Good days we had where this motherfucker made me laugh or this person helped me, even though they was trouble, they helped me in a trouble situation. More shit like that. It just and other like other side, like and this doesn't pertain to this particular funeral I was at, um, because mm-hmm. it didn't happen. But if I die and anybody gets up there and says this was God's plan, get them the fuck off the stage. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Shit like that. And I mean everybody there, yeah, it's probably in a religious place. But everybody at a funeral isn't religious. Everybody doesn't believe in those beliefs. No, don't so don't slam me. Even things like that. Like you just like I said, I would just try to keep it more so on the happy, celebrate, let's be be strong for this person. Let's remember them how we remember them. Let's not remember the I guess I can't say flaw, but whatever took that person. Let's not remember that person getting shot, or let's not per- remember that person going OD in or taking their own life. Let's just remember the good. And cause you're going to remember the, the other side for the rest of your life. But this day, let's, let's champion the good shit or the happy, funny shit that, you know, went on with this person's life. Cause that's, a, that's, a, I would say a lot of people's m- memories. Cause situations like those, a lot of people deal with that shit on their own for the most part. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would say I'm only bringing it up because I thought it was, it was a well done funeral, and I mm-hmm. thought that uh, I thought it was I'm trying to use a good word here. I don't I'm, I don't have the word for it, but I thought it was it was nice that they incorporated it with the transparency of suicide because every testament and story was infectious smile, mm-hmm. always happy, always brought joy to the room, mm-hmm. always checked in on people, always mm-hmm. did this this this. So to bring it full circle and go like. And still, this whole time, this motherfucker was struggling with these fucking this darkness he couldn't get out of, and eventually consumed him. Mm-hmm. So, like, let's not act like this shit doesn't happen to happy people. Because mm-hmm. here's a guy that everybody thought was happy. Right. Yeah, I get that. I get that. But yeah, like I said, that's the discussion. I would think let's save that for the the after effects yep. of it. Fair enough. I mean, to each his own, obviously. Um, honestly, right. neither one of us will be able to dictate how our funeral goes. Oh, my funeral's mapped out already. Uh-huh. Mapped out already. My funeral's been mapped out for years, buddy. My I mean, shit is mapped out to we, a T. We, we can say how we think that shit gonna go. That shit... Uh, we well, haunt haunt the fuck out of Vicky. Starting to be more spiritual, so I'm believing in the afterlife. Vicky doesn't do that shit to a T, dog. I want people speaking at my shit. There's nothing but stories, dog. One introduction, and then boom, boom, boom. About 20 stories, dog. 20 little two to three minute stories. Show how much people fuck with me. And then after party. DJ, good after party. Open bar. Got it in my fucking life insurance. There's enough money to take care of that shit, plus everything. Good party afterwards. At least a four-hour one. At least a four-hour party. Open bar. Buffet. Fucking lit. And that's what I'm saying. That shit go like that. Right. You're not leaving that shit. You upset, but you're not leaving it with the not not really gonna say the stain, but you're not leaving with the pain of hearing yeah. about why and how and what ifs and shit like that. You celebrated that person and you're keeping it moving because the pain gonna fuck with you depending on how close you are with that person for the rest of your life anyway. And I, yeah, that's fair enough. Cause I will say in those situations, a lot of times friends think like, what could I have done? And Majority of the time, there's not much you could have did, honestly. There's really not much you could have did in that situation. I was thinking about my funeral the other day, and I was thinking, um, 
I have such a different, like, disconnected friend groups that, like, when certain people get up and start saying how much they fuck with me, I was like, I wonder if my other friends would be like, man, Dylan didn't even, like, know you like that. <laughs> like, you fucking fraud. <laughs> but they could be my friends, though. You feel like because everybody doesn't know everybody. So, like, you know? Um, yeah, I only got one rule from my shit. I would just want to close casket. I wouldn't want people to see me that like that for the last time. And I was also wondering, who picks out the outfit? Most likely the family. The, I don't want my mom and shit. Yeah, knock on wood. I don't plan on dying anytime soon. Yeah, knock on this couch. Yeah, I don't want anybody to pick my uh, my mom. Close my shit, man. Don't let nobody see me hollow, man. I ain't I ain't got time. Um, yeah, honestly, I've been to a lot of funerals and still I don't. I'm I'm there. Uh, maybe a handful of funerals I've actually walked up to the casket. Yeah, I don't fuck with them. Only yeah. people that actually look decent is like older people. And I mean like way older, like 80, 90 and shit. Like even 60s, you go up there and you like, nah, bro. I would much rather have the whatever's in my mind. And the fucked up part about the open caskets is that image of the still cold body sits with you. And you like, fuck, why don't I just look at that shit? It's a, funerals are an interesting thing, but I guess necessary to an extent. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I didn't mean to start on that tangent, but yeah, it was a nice funeral. Well, well done. I mean, since we're on the topic, RIP to Jerry Springer. Yeah, uh, I didn't know he was sick. Me, I didn't I didn't even know he passed away from being sick. Yeah, I didn't think he had cancer. Oh, that's what it was? I'm pretty sure he was like 77. It's not like he was super, super old. Damn. Yeah, man, uh, RIP to Jerry Springer. Uh, I'm pretty sure everybody watched Jerry Springer after they got off of school. It would be Jerry Springer, go outside or play your game, whatever you get into. Come back 106 and you keep it moving. But yeah, matter of fact, it would be Jerry Springer, then Maury. Then you do what you're doing. And um, think about the shit we was watching when we fucking, what is it, like 8 to probably 13 watching Jerry Springer, the wildest yeah. shit ever. If not younger, uh, pancreatic cancer. Damn, that's fucked up. Yeah. Always fun fact, because I saw a doc on Jerry Springer years ago, and I never knew he was the mayor of Cincinnati before he started his talk show run. Didn't know that. Yeah, it's crazy, right? He was a politician Didn't before he got into his talk show run. Um, and then I saw an interview, I want to say it was at Breakfast Club, and he was talking about, like, uh, <laughs> he was funny, but he was pretty much talking about, like, the perception that he ruined TV. And he was like, dog, the shit you guys look at on your phone every day, uh -huh. On Twitter and whatnot is way worse than what I was showing on TV. Nah, that's a fact. So he's like, it's like, like you can say what you want, and it, it was interesting, man. I mean, Jerry Springer was, I'm homesick. Jerry mm -hmm. Springer might come on, he might throw Maury on for a little bit, and it's too timid. You throw Jerry mm -hmm. back on, some shit's happening. They got some racists on there. Mm -hmm. They got some trannies on there. They got some shit. They got, they got some people boxing. Yeah, they got some, and they let them fight for a little bit. Yeah, they let them fight for a little bit. So yeah. it was always interesting to me. Um, yeah, so rest in peace to Jerry. He honestly seemed like a, a, a good guy and he never got caught up in some shit. So, um, another topic of an old person. Did you, uh, hear anything about the correspondence dinner? You said, have you mentioned that to me like twice? And I honestly don't know what the fuck it is. All right. I got like a minute 30 clip, man. I got to play it. Uh, it's a one, of, a little, little spot, uh, Roy Wood Jr. Comedian, uh, sometimes hosts a daily show or yeah, the daily show on Comedy Central. Uh, he was the guest speaker, and uh, this is just something he had to say about Joe Biden. I look around this room, and I see people that are hardworking. Many of you, I don't even think you should be working that hard. We should be inspired by the events in France. They rioted when the retirement age went up two years to 64. They rioted. Because they didn't want to work till 64. Meanwhile, in America, we have an 80-year-old man begging us for four more years of work. <laughs> begging. Begging. Let me finish the job. That's not a campaign slogan. That's a plea. <laughs> let me finish. Let me finish. <laughs> I do, I do wish you the best of luck on the campaign trail, Mr. President. Uh, a lot of things that you're going to have to navigate, a lot of hurdles. You've had quite a few scandals, you know? We, don't know. we know about the documents, we know about the laptops, but there's been no scandal more damaging than the scandal of 
is Joe Biden awake? <laughs> hey, say what you want about our president, but when he wake up from that nap, work gets done. <laughs> he might doze off with a mm, infrastructure bill. <laughs> Roy Wood Jr. putting on a master class at the correspondence there. Uh comedy and politics, man. I feel like it could be a lot of truth in comedy. And at a dinner such, I guess, prestigious as that is. For him to break it down the way he would break things down. He talked about Tucker Carlson, Don Lemon, uh, the double standards with Kamala being a vice president and being a woman. And I guess what does she do? It was just a lot in there. I would tell anybody go watch the whole thing. It's about 30 minutes. You wouldn't be mad at the watch. But yeah, man, I, comedy and politics, man. It's a, it's a good way to attack politics because there's so much real shit can be said. But at the end of the day, you can laugh about the shit. Hey man, that French shit is really interesting. I mean, we, I'll talk about the correspondence shit, but that French shit is really uh, interesting. Yeah, they literally write it. Yeah, that's like actual real, real news because their retirement age got bumped up twice, and it really shows like capitalism's dope. And I'm glad we live in America, and I like the country and shit. But mm. we are so fucking hyper focused on work and getting yeah. money, and like obsessed with the idea of the more money you have, the more happy you are, and you have to keep working to retire eventually, and but you got to have enough money to retire and live lavish and like yeah. just so hyper consumed with this idea of wealth brings you happiness. Yeah. And, and if you're a hard worker, that's a great trade. If you put in the extra hours, that's a great trade. That's a desirable trade. Yeah. Skip your son's soccer game and, and put that six days in a week instead of five. Mm-hmm. When most countries are working fucking four day weeks. Yeah. Like, yeah. like it's just so fucking stupid sometimes when we stop and look and we all, I mean, we all fall victim to it, but it's just so fucking dumb when I think about it sometimes. Yeah. Uh, what would you say your retirement age would be if you could choose over hope, the age of 50? Hopefully, It's definitely over 50. Mm. It's for sure over 50. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to track it. I think I'm at like 56 right mm. now, mm. but I really have to like continue to turn it up every year like i can't stagnate out um but if like honestly like at the same time because we're living older now like if i retired at 62 like i wouldn't be even if i retired at 64 like you still like with modern medicine now now like how we kind of take care of ourselves and shit you could live to be 85 like healthy 85 you still bouncing around 85 live to be 90 like 95 so like yeah if i had 20 years of not working Hundred percent, I'd get get to sixty five, man. I wouldn't trip about that. And another thing is, like, I I, I found a good work life balance, so I'm not stressing myself to death working. Yeah, same. I mean, don't we get a little like, damn, why are you still working? Like when you go in somewhere and you see somebody like 70, 80 working, you like, damn, you kind of up there. But the fucked up part is, this country, as good as it is, you have to keep working. Yeah, it's crazy. One of my partners at work, he's super successful, and he's uh, 69. I was asking him the other day, I'm like, hey, buddy, like, you're going to call it quits pretty soon? Like, not. Nah, I have to, like, we're, we have a good relationship, so I wasn't saying it in an offensive way, but he was like, dude, I was going to try and quit like three years ago, but he was like, that stock market tank really fucked me. So now I'm sitting around hoping it bounces back or I got to close some more deals and do this, 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 because he obviously has an idea of uh, where he wants to be at in life right. before he retires. But yeah, like, dude, dude go enjoy your grandkids. If it's bad enough, you miss some time with your kids. Go enjoy the grandkids' fucking sports games and shit. Like, so do you feel like we should be taken care of at a certain age by the government, or are you not with that? As much more fucking taxes we pay, dog. <laughs> as much more fucking taxes we pay. You ever really look at the tax breakdown in your checks, especially yeah. if you get a bonus check? Because I'm commission, right? So like, commission gets taxed as like additional income, John. So like, if I get a big commission check, I'm getting fucking fucked, buddy. Yeah. Fuck. It's like absolutely fucked. Like that shit is crazy. Like you're looking at that bitch. You're like, I how the fuck did I get 55% of my check? Yeah. How the fuck is that possible? 55%? They better give me some bread when I retire, dog. Social security better be around. They're not that little ass fucking twelve hundred dollars a month either. Cause what the fuck am I gonna do with that? Yeah, I hope I hope they don't keep that going because with inflation, it's no way they could let us. Twelve hundred a month, dog. Grocery money. 
Yeah, they fucking oh. they fucking us over with that shit. That's vape money. Yeah, they 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 want us to be basically work until we in the fucking casket to bring it back. Spent that on one wedding this year, dog. The fuck? It's fucked up out here, man. <laughs> fuck is we doing, dog? No, I hope I hope we can retire. But no, I I like the um. It looks like Joe Joe Biden was a good sport about it. I love I love the jokes that have a little truth to them, and I also like the people that are aware enough to uh, laugh at it. Because honestly, like Joe Biden, if you realistically think about it, right? Yeah. Joe Biden, if he thought there was a good candidate behind him that could win, and he agreed with him in some sediment or what's it called, I feel like he would bow out. Oh, I doubt it. I feel like he would bow out. You think he's just been waiting his whole life for this? Uh, I just don't see anything in history that shows a Republican or a Democrat bowing down to another Republic to somebody of the same party so they could run. But they've just, never been this old. Yeah, but also, I think it, they would look at it like a sign of weakness, like, which you don't think I can win. I think it's a lot of pride involved, especially when you're the president. Why would you be like, yeah, I'm going to get this up? You only get eight years. You only get two terms. He might only have eight left. That's possible. And it would be fucked up if he passed in office. He could. But, What's the average age for a guy? Like 78? What's he, 77? Like, that's that's a realistic fear to have. He's up there. And like you said, he was a good sport, but it was definitely some truth in them fucking jokes. Like, well, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's just like, that's where we're at in politics, though, where either way, Whoever wins, because it looks like the two candidates might be Trump and, and Biden again. Whoever wins, a legitimate fear is that they can pass an office from old age. Yeah, and that's where you know we need to revamp, revamp politics a little bit and get some fucking new people in there. Yeah, I think it was definitely refreshing when Obama got in office. He was pretty young and pretty sharp as well, so it wasn't he wasn't catching them off guard with shit and somebody stopping the whole press conference because he's fucking out of it, zoned out in that moment. I wonder at what age do you start to lose brain function? I mean, if you seen Joe Biden driving a car, what would you say? <laughs> like, come on, bro. Yeah, like, if Joe Biden picks you up in an Uber. Are you happy about it? No, I think you passing on that Uber. <laughs> like real shit, though. Like real shit. If Joe Biden picks me up at 2 a.m. in an Uber, I'm not dozing off on the way home drunk. No, no. I'm one eye open, like, yo. Like, you ask him to take the wheel, like, yo, you got that? You straight? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, you, you want me to uh, handle that? <laughs> yeah, sober up real quick. You nah. would feel mad bad he was working that old. Yeah, like, like yeah. you were like, that's crazy. You got to do this to survive. Like, but that part is you wouldn't even talk to him while he's driving because you don't know if he could do two things at once. You <laughs> <laughs> could try to talk to him. His ass probably couldn't hear you. <laughs> I'll try to and look at you while he's supposed to be driving. Like, bro. Come on, dog. Yeah, um, no, nah, that shit is different. Um, no, nah, that's funny though. Uh, what was I gonna say to you? Oh, Jack Harlow dropped a new surprise album. Okay, did you get a chance to listen to it? I did not. I heard good Come things. On. About it. I, sent you fucking I listened to the song. Come on, and that shit was definitely some uh Kendrick Lamar, J. Cole type of thing you would expect from them. I wasn't expecting that from Jack Harlow. I was the song was going, huh? I thought that song was fire. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I would expect it from Kendrick or Cole. I wasn't sure where the song was going with a title like Gang, Gang, Gang. So I'm like, okay, I know he's not about to talk about no shoot em up shit. So where is this going? And it took an interesting turn. And yeah, it was, I guess, a difference for me. That's the only song I heard on the album. All right, there's a few songs I'll, I'll send you that you should listen to. Overall, it's a good body of work. And I like, this is the, the all right, so here's the conundrum here with White Folk. Um, if you're my kind of white, you don't necessarily root for the white rappers. You kind of look at them like they're corny and you expect them to be corny, but they do get the general white fan base from it, right? Like they do get the overall pop fans and whatnot. He speaks on that on the, on the John a couple of times. Um, that song was really interesting. There's another song called Blame On Me where he talked from three perspectives, his little brother is his brother and his dad's brother. And it was kind of like the, the domino effect of trauma from like relationships within family. So it was a very like, introspective in-depth album that i wasn't expecting from him i didn't know he had that kind of like i because he's more of like a comedian kind of rapper like let's get the bitches kind of rapper to me so i, I thought it was very interesting it was a good body of work um that gang 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 song i thought was uh fuck it i'll say i, I thought it was amazing i thought it was a really good song i thought the, I drove the story did you like mr morale and the big steppers i did i thought it was a good album okay 
this was easier for me to digest because how how short it was. It's only a 28-minute album, 10 songs. So it's easier to follow. Just wanted a little clarity to see how you felt. No, about- I listened to Kendrick's album. That was I, I told you when we did the year wrap uh, uh, wrap up. Kendrick's whole album was in my top what 200 played for the year for the most part. Mm-hmm. And I thought that song he did about uh, learning the offensiveness of certain words when his aunt is a, a stud was mm-hmm. an amazing song. I thought that like I like songs like that. Okay. So I thought it was very interesting. So to hear Jack Harlow go with the chorus, like, ride for my dog, die for my dog, and then it breaks down to, okay, now I found out my friend's a rapist. Okay, mm-hmm. I found out my other friend's a child molester, and here's people that I thought were brothers to me, and now I'm realizing as I get older that people you had these strong bonds with as a kid can turn out to be pieces of shit, and we all see that. Yeah. And it is a crazy realization, especially at his age. I think he's like 24 or something like that. That's when it happens. Yeah. And you're like, oh, shit, like, yeah, we did play a thousand basketball games together, but you're a fucking scumbag. Yeah. Um, Like I said, I ain't hear it. Uh, I will listen to it. I was definitely surprised to see Jack drop an album out the blue, first off. Yeah. Um, I seen the cover the day before. I'm like, oh, I, I guess this motherfucker just take doing photo shoots and shit. I thought it was for some uh, white man can't jump shit. Next thing I see, I'm on title and I see an album. I'm like, oh, I get out of listen, but I ain't listened to it that day. I've been in my RB bag lately. But um Yeah, I did that for the last four months. Yeah, uh, I will listen to it. I um, think you'll like it. I don't know if you'll love it, but mm-hmm. I think you'll like it. I've never listened to a full Jack Harlow album. So I, this is the second one because I listened to the last one because it had a lot of hype, and obviously it, it just not like it's just not my kind of music. Like he had one or two songs on there. I thought it was like and I remember Kyle said the album before that was better. Mm-hmm. I didn't really listen to it like that, but it's that album to like, we don't have similar listening styles, but like we've got a core like agreement on what good albums are. And it's, it's the, the John where the, the artist that's bubbling and gets to his not peak well peak, like artist. A butterfly basically. It's, it's the realization that everything I wanted isn't going to make me happy album. To pimp a butterfly. That's so what it is. Moment in the career where it's like, either my fans are gonna rock with me or they not, and I'm about to find out with this album. I'm realizing that I'm wealthy, I'm famous, every girl wants me, and now I realize the strain that's in my family's relationships, or the, the shit I took for granted that now I don't, or like these different friendships that fall apart now, and like all this different shit that you you glamorize the idea of success, and then you get it and go, it's it's kind of empty and shallow. And I mean, from a, a artistic perspective, uh, you gotta applaud Jack for even trying to do it. We're not trying putting out an album like this, yeah. uh, especially think- after the songs that you hear from Jack. You like, oh, okay, well, I guess he's one of them new bubblegum rappers. Like, mm-hmm. okay, just exactly. pop songs and do your little cute shit and keep it moving. But to see him go outside the box from what it sounds like and put some thought behind the work he's doing. And hopefully his fan base sticks with him through this shit because I feel like something like this will make you 10 times bigger than you are and make fans love you 10 times more, especially when you open up and let them into what's really going on in your life. And shit, yeah. just all the storytelling has been lost with the newer generation. Older rappers still do that shit, but uh, I'll say from like 17 up, probably like the past, what, six, five or six years, the art of storytelling is going down drastically. I don't know what happened, but with the artists that have came out within that span, I'm saying, yeah. So it's 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 a uh, as a rap fan, I do like to hear a rapper telling stories, talking about personal things in their music, especially when you're at that level. I mean, because to be realistic, the poppy shit doesn't really hit us. Like if, if we're going out and whatnot, we want to hear the trap shit and the drill shit and whatnot. Like I'm not really going to Jack to hear that shit i'm not going to listen to what's popping like that you know like is what it is but i thought it was a good album um way to not be stuck in the box jack way to way to, way to go and like yeah credit for him for getting outside of that and saying hey i'm about to put the white man can't jump out john and i got a point to prove you know i keep listening to interviews about as little dicky because dave's back out season uh, three i don't know if you ever got into it uh yeah i watched the first season did you like it yeah, it was cool. It was something to watch. It wasn't like, oh my gosh, this is the best shit ever, but it was good. 
Yeah, the second season's way better. Mm-hmm. Um, second season's a lot more serious. I've been mm-hmm. watching the third season. It's still really good. But I've been watching this, and Little Dicky's very adamant on he's a great rapper. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been going back to some of his old shit, and he's – I feel like it's just – I don't know. You know, like, technique-wise, yeah, he's a good rapper, right? But, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I guess the last touch point on Jack Harlow's shit is uh, one of the lines said, I'm the best white rapper since – paraphrasing since uh so-and-so was rapping about vomit on his sweater alluding to uh he's the best white rapper since eminem and i, I saw that really sparked a big debate on twitter it did. who is it did um i was kind of not disappointed but like damn there's really not that many white rappers to pull from honestly um but at the same time it might be too early for that. Yeah, so I, I think people are full of shit. Yeah, I mean, for the most part. damn near mural on the, your wall of one of probably the best white rappers since Eminem. You know, I listen to more Mac than I do Eminem, but um, here's why I think, and I'll get on to the Mac shit first, but here's why I think people are full of shit, because I'm seeing that, and then I'm seeing, like, oh, what about Millie's? I'm like, why don't you guys support the motherfucker then, dog? But I mean... I feel like a lot of people are also just on the strength of like, because I don't know if anybody's heard of Millie's album, but we've definitely all heard the motherfucker freestyle. And he can like, rap. He can, can rap. rap. He can rap. He can definitely rap. And that is the thing. I like like you just said. We don't. I haven't listened to a, a project from him, and that shit may be phenomenal. You could be hundred percent. But nobody gives a fuck until Jack Harlow says some shit, and then I, I saw um. That, but yeah, overwhelmingly, I saw everybody say, "What about Mac Miller? Mac mm-hmm. Miller? Mac Miller?" And it's just one of those joints where I'm like, "This, this shit, where they lose me at, right?" Why? They say, what about Mac Miller? And then they post clips from Mac Miller's last album or her second album. Those weren't raps. Mm. It wasn't rapping. Yeah, they're doing his tiny desk. That's not rapping. 2009 is not a rap song. Mm. It's just not a rap song. So, like, if you're going with raps, me, personally, I think rap, Mac rapping was dope, especially fucking um, movies with the sound off and the Divine Feminine. But a lot of his shit was harmonizing, so I don't necessarily know if you... Like, I, I, it's just, I don't, I don't know if you dictate that as, like, the same... Really. What'd you say? You're not with the take of him being... Oh, Mac Jack Harlow's not a better... I don't think he's a better rapper than Mac Miller. At all, because when, uh, when I heard Mac Miller on uh, Currencies, one of Currencies mixtape, a uh, song called Money Shot, I believe I played it as a sleeper before. That's when I was like, "Oh, this motherfucker rap." As much as you would listen to him, and you know how stubborn I am with music, like well, I ain't listen to that shit. But when I heard it, I'm when I heard him rap with Currency, I'm like, "Oh, this motherfucker really rap." So no, I'm yeah. like, "All right, bet this shit hot." And then yeah. I tuned in after that, but. Yeah, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say he's better rapper than Mac at all. I just thought the examples people are using is stupid. Like if you're gonna go rapping, then you can do the watch movies with the sound off. You can do good AM. You can do the Macadelic mixtape. It's fucking swag. Is Some, Jack better than Paul Wall? Rapping wise, yeah. Yes. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. But I feel like Paul Wall got a couple iconic verses. Well, with this, does he make better songs or does he make? And then if you go better songs, and I'm like, does he have better, more hits already? Probably. Maybe. Paul Wall could rap. Don't get me wrong. Paul Wall could rap. Yeah, Paul Wall did have hits. But if you asked me this last week before this album, I would say no. Okay. But that's the thing. I gotta, I gotta hear this. There's a different dimension. There's different. Like there's a, there's a different ability it takes to to do the self reflection, self reflection raps. And do them where they don't sound forced. It's just tough. Yeah. And that's why I like Mac a lot. And that's why I like this Jack album. Um, but yeah, no, nah, he did, he wasn't fucking on Mac. I think a lot of people are also looking for their next Eminem. And I think people are failing to realize there won't be another Eminem. Well, here's the flip side of that is if there was a next Eminem, people wouldn't like him. Not in the sense of rapping the way Eminem raps, but a rapper that you actually saying he's the best rapper. Like, because nobody's saying Jack is the best rapper. People were in that time where there's DMX, there's Jay-Z, there's Nas, there's 50. People saying Eminem is the best rapper and we not debating this shit. 
and people could get it off. You could argue that. Yeah, I don't yeah. think you could argue Jack Harlow is the best rapper out. I saw on Twitter it's in top ten. DJ Drama said he's in he's in the top ten. I mean, I would hope DJ Drama. Some is. people are reinforcing that, like, yeah, this is proof. I don't think he is, but no. I don't think there'll ever be a, another rapper. To your point, that obviously won't rap like Eminem, but I don't think there'll ever be another white rapper that's in the top five for anybody. Or just in the conversation alone, like this is the best motherfucker rapping out. And I don't think there'll ever be a, a white rapper that could transition from pop hits to Renegade and back and forth. I just don't think there's that'll ever be a thing. Yeah. And I don't think there's really any rappers that do that now, except for Drake. That do what? Uh, can transition from actual pop songs to serious raps. Mm. There's really not. There's not rappers that are putting out "Hi, My Name Is" and then going into fucking like guilty conscience. Drake hasn't even went that far though. What, hotline Maybe bling. Hotline bling. That's what I'm saying. Hotline <laughs> bling. Like, hold on, I'm coming home. Like all these different like. I ain't gonna hold on, I'm coming home. Okay, man. the little like Jamaican line John is is, like yeah, like he's done pop Johns like. Fucking club going up, like he's done pop songs. Hey, he ain't putting Drake and Eminem class with that shit. But I, I'll say Eminem probably the only one that got that shit off at that level. It's crazy. Yeah, he's it's definitely crazy. probably the only one that got that wacky poppy shit off, and then could be in a serious rap conversation where you like, yeah, but did you hear him on Renegade with Hov? And it was also like to give not to take away from Eminem, but it was also a little more accepted from his fan base. The little wacky, quirky shit. Like, it didn't take away from his seriousness as a rapper. Right. And he also wasn't portraying the biggest, baddest motherfucker either. Yeah, so 100%. I feel like that was easy for him. 100%. I agree. Um, where else were we going to go with that? Uh, which, which one you want to hit next, man? Uh, I mean, are we finishing out with sports? I got a few left. Uh, hit them. You want to just go into the Joe Budden? Yeah, let's do it. Because I have two of them. So yeah. Joe Budden, I was like, all right, so we were just talking about this before we got on, but Charlemagne did a – Charlemagne DJ Envy did the million dollars worth of game interview, and mm-hmm. they alluded to how much money they made. We talked about that last week. Mm-hmm. Joe Budden did a, a whole rant Yeah. about – I used to look at Charlemagne like uh, – was it – is it – fuck, it's Professor X and Mr. Magneto. I used to look at him like Mr. Magneto, like he was right below me, and he was like – I always respected him, blah, blah. And to hear him say they were the richest black podcasters, like, you're not making no money, bro. Like, they're making that much more money than you? You're doing all this? And it's like just going on this rant about, like, how Charlamagne's not his equal now. And I'm just sitting there like, can you not comprehend what the fuck he's saying? Yeah. Listen, there's no way he listened. Like, what? he's And it's a rant, bro. Like, it's a long rant. I heard it. It's a long fucking rant about, like, yo... Can't believe you're doing this. Like black podcasters, podcasters, buddy, podcasters. What the fuck are you talking about? Charlemagne's salary on iHeart is just like five million a year, and that's broadcasting. That's not talking about podcast network that he owns or takes half ownership in salary. That's not talking about publishing deals. That's not talking about brilliant idiots. That's not talking about movie studio contracts or TV studio Johns. That's not talking about hosting gigs. That's not talking about his uh, Comedy Central show. No. What the fuck are you talking about? Joe about to host the Daily Show. Like, What are you talking about? And I think this is where it's funny because a lot of the shit William Maul would say jokingly at Joe is like they be dead ass serious at the same time. Like Joe is trying to control the narrative. Does Joe have a mass following? Yes. Does he know what he's doing as manipulative as he is? Yes. He's trying to control the narrative. If anybody is halfway tuned into what Charlemagne is doing, you're not listening to nothing he's saying. And honestly, if you go back and listen to the Million Dollars Worth for Game podcast, Charlemagne didn't even come at him. Charlemagne's the one that said, we're not going to do that shit. We're not talking about that shit. And I podcast when Wallo asked Charlemagne, who raps better, Gilly or Joe? What did Charlemagne say? I'm not a hater. Joe. Joe raps better than you, Gilly. I'm not a hater. What, what are we talking about? I, just, I thought it was such a reach, man. Like, and I just. And he wants that so bad. And it's, and it, it's actually comical to me because I would carry it the way Charlemagne does and not even give him the, the satisfaction of responding. It's just that. The, here, Charlemagne, 
fucking interviewing Judy Bloom. Yeah. yeah. You know, like here yeah. he is interviewing Judy Bloom. Yeah. And there's Joe Budden saying, I thought he was right under me. He's he's interviewed Barack Obama. What are we talking about? He sat down one on one with Kanye West. What the fuck are we talking about here? Like it just didn't make any he's sense. Kamala Harris. He had Hillary Clinton on his show. What are we talking about, bro? It just didn't. It, it made no sense to me. It honestly made no sense because it seems like what Joe Budden is aspiring to do is what Charlemagne is doing. Already established. He's already doing this shit. He's already got the network. He's already got the now the TV deal. Now the fucking he's already got the, the syndicated broadcast. He's already got the podcast. A book publishing company. Already got the publishing company. He's already I'm got the TV. Like what he got two books and putting out books for other people under his publishing company. Has a deal with Audible, him and Kevin Hart. What are we talking about, bro? We listen to Joe for entertainment value, but Charlemagne doing Sorry to say, way bigger shit. I was gonna say it's just a kind of a delusional confidence that he yeah. thinks that, that Charlemagne's a little under him when I don't even think they're playing in the same field anymore. It's not even close. Yeah, I don't they, think they're playing he's the same always field what he does. He can be number one at that. There's nothing wrong with that. And that's sick. I get sick. He's literally trying to pick a fight. It's crazy. Yeah, it's cool. Like it's cool. Joe Budden pivoted, and now he's probably the biggest urban podcast. I mean, that's sick. That's yeah. dope. Good for him. Like. More power to you, buddy. Like, business strategy seems a little fucked, but, like, whatever works. But, yeah, it's just stupid. And then to go on to Joe Budden again, uh, him and Cameron had a little little debacle. Did yeah. you did you listen to Jim Jones at all, too? Because I didn't know Jim Jones and Cameron weren't fucking with each other anymore, either. Yeah, this shit it seems like an area of the year thing. keep up with them. Yeah. Um, Jim Jones was on The Breakfast Club last week, and he was saying, like, yeah, me and Cam, that's just not what it used to be. I don't really know what he's up to anymore, but more power to him. And Mace is a sucker, and I'll fuck him up pretty much. Yeah. Um, it just seems like, I don't know, Jim Jones just, like, it just, there's something bitter there. I don't know what it is. Um, but anyway, I guess Cameron's still upset that that Joe Budden and Nori were taking shots. Mm. And they're both saying they weren't taking shots. Yeah. And Cam put out some shit and pretty much was like, Nori, like, you get a pass because I've known you forever or whatever. That was slimy shit, but so-and-so, so-and-so. And Joe Budden says, well, Cam says, stay away from crackheads, pretty much. Yeah. And Joe Budden says, you're too sensitive to play this game. Don't make me start. And we talking about Cameron. And Cam says, yeah, I won't play. Where you at? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's up? Yeah. It's just like, I hate when people get caught throwing, throwing shit and then hide their hand. Yeah, you know, like, bro, you took the shots. There's only where's the other sports podcast at with an old rapper? Is there any that I'm not aware of? I haven't heard it nor seen it. I've been listening to podcasts since probably 2013. Don't know where that podcast is. I've never seen that before. And I, I thought it was corny. Nor, Nori's doing the same shit where he's like, "Well, I wasn't necessarily talking about him." It's like there, there's no other fucking John. Nah, nah, especially to the level that we would actually see the shit. So Joe Budden's picking fights. It is what it is. I like Cameron and Mesa shit. It sounds like they might sign to Barstool, or at least they're shopping right now for big brands, and good for them. And I also like that Cameron. That might hurt Jim Jones's feelings, but I like that Cam and Mace made up, man. Yeah, why not? Why Seems not? We're getting old. 40-year-old men. We're getting old. That makes no sense. Like, yeah, they're beefing about a miscommunication 25 years ago. And even to hear the shit like Cameron said in the Barstool interview where it was like, yeah, I just heard Mace apologize and shit. I reached out. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah. all it took. Easy enough. It's it's that simple sometimes. It never got physical. That's that's all it takes sometimes, man. It really is that simple. Uh, yeah, we can get into sports now if you want. I got uh, two sports yeah. topics. I think you got one or two. Yeah, Lamar got the bag, man. Lamar Did that, that happen? That happened right after our last episode. Yep. Yep. Lamar yep. gets the bag. Uh, he will be in Baltimore. Look like they uh, drafted for him as well in the first round. Got a receiver, Zay Flowers. We all know Odell's over there. Uh, new offensive coordinator. It's looking like it's going to be a beautiful thing in Baltimore, man. I might got to uh, jump on the bandwagon. I don't know. Panthers also drafted Bryce Young. So I don't know which side I'm going to go to. I got options, bro. Oh, sounds sounds about right for you. Yeah. Um, me having a day one Philly guy, I'll always stick to that until I'm dead. Yeah. Um, Go Eagles. 
Yeah. Um, I had a friend that was texting me about Jalen Hurts, and I was like, it's amazing that his agent, because he's got the all-girl staff, more power to him, but, like, she's got to get a lot of kudos to that. And then Lamar got signed, and I was like, it's it's kind of reinforcing that you don't need an agent. Yeah. Agents don't do much except take – and I don't want to say they don't do much, because I'm sure in certain – like, they probably connect shit. Relationships, yeah. But when you're that elite and you're that top-tier kind of talent level – you don't necessarily need an agent. And Lamar Jackson just proved that. Even when shit got rocky, he didn't go get an agent. He held out. He let Jalen Hurts set the market. And then he said, give me a little bit more. Yep, and I'm good. I'm straight. And I'm good. Shout out to Lamar, man. Proud of that guy. I guess, like, you think there's any bad blood after that, though? Uh, no, because it's a negotiation. Um, we we know negotiations ain't pretty. Uh, I could take it back to the shop. I had full-blown arguments with vendors coming in trying to sell shit, and I'm like, this is not the price we're paying. Uh, Full-blown arguments, legit. And they come in two days later, back to negotiating, meeting in the middle, all right, I'm going to buy this, blah, blah, you keep it moving. And it's no bad blood. you literally negotiating. If you don't get what you want, you're not going to do it. If they don't get what they want, they're not going to do it. It's it's business at the end of the day, and that's what, exactly what the NFL is. It's business. Nobody feeling should have got hurt in this situation. Good times, you had that tobacco store. It was good times. Every yeah. flavor, Capone. Yes, sir. Every flavor. Um, yeah, happy for Lamar. I'm glad it worked out. Mm-hmm. Um, Phil Jackson's a racist. Apparently, we're doubling back off our last year's episode. Yeah. And Phil Jackson comes back out. I think last year we had an episode about this, and it was because Scotty Pippen had came out and said something. I can't remember what he said. Oh, I think Scotty was – it had came back to the Tony Kukoc shot. I forget what his exact words were mm-hmm. about it. But someone fall out. Well, anyway, apparently Phil Jackson's on a new podcast hosted by Rick Rubin. Did you know Rick Rubin doesn't play any instruments? I did not. Isn't that crazy? I thought he... Mm-mm. Nope. He does use the beat machine, though. He's a producer in the aspect of, like, he tells people what... Like, he's like kind of like DJ Khaled. I'm pretty sure he at least uses Maybe the Maybe he might use the beat machine, but he doesn't play any physical instruments. Okay. Um... Yeah, well, anyway, he says on Rick Rubin's John, he tries to make a little joke about it, but he was like, yeah, I don't I don't watch NBA anymore. And they're like, oh, after you stop coaching? And he's like, no. When they did the bubble, that was a little quirky. And then they had, like, little slogans on, like, the back of their John, like, equal opportunity and uh, justice. And he was like, oh, it'd be like justice driving to the rack. And he gets tackled by equal opportunity. And we thought it was mad funny. Like, me and my grandkids made a good joke. And, like, they had Black Lives Matter on the floor. And I just thought it was too political, so I stopped watching that. Mm. And it's just like, yo, Phil Jackson, shut the fuck up, buddy. That's, 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 the, that's the exact feeling. Man, shut the fuck up, dude. Because honestly, who cares that much? Um, secondly, nobody said justice is driving to the rack. Nobody. Nobody said that. Nobody shit. said that. Nobody said, said that. that. <laughs> I was like, when I heard the clip, I'm like, when did that happen? It never happened. When did that happen? Um, He's not the only person to say politics don't belong in sports. But at the same time, I think he's forgetting what was going on at the time. And that was the whole George Floyd shit. And how the Bucks didn't even play a game because that shit happened. So I think, I don't know if he's for, and I don't think that's a political thing. I think that's a human rights stance, like. Which I wouldn't call human rights political. I would feel like it's right and wrong. And the only time human rights is called political is from white, white, white uh, fellas. Yeah, and I don't. And yeah, I'm not. If we talking about George Floyd dying at the hands of police, political. What what are we really talking about? And that's why in this situation, I'm looking at Phil Jackson a little sideways. Like, if we taking the George Floyd situation and what the NBA made out of it, which is a predominantly black league. And how they reacted to it. How could you be mad at that shit? I uh, I thought Ron Artest had a really good response to this. I know mm. Jalen uh, Rose went back and forth with him. But Ron Artest pretty much was like, I understand what he's saying by the non-political shit. But he's seen me as a black man. I couldn't escape it. Like, it's it's all over the news. I'm walking in the store. It's all in the papers. It's everything. Like, it, this shit is suffocating. And we feel like we have no voice. Right. So, majority black league empowered our players to feel like they had a voice. And that's what turned you off about the league, you fucking loser. And even to the brilliant idiot's point, when they talked about Ron Artest changed his name to Metal World Peace, 
and World Peace on the back of his jersey while Phil Jackson's coaching him, would you say World Peace is political? It has to be. In in, in Phil Jackson's terms. It has to be. Which is really, be. World Peace is about the biggest slogan you can fucking get. Yeah, if a slogan on the floor has you not watching a fucking sport. That, that shit upsets you that bad that you yeah. haven't watched the NBA in three years because if somebody said, said Black Lives Matter on the sideline, who gives a fuck? You yeah, they're not fuck getting that. reparation points from shooting from the yeah, black. Yeah, like, just settle down, you fucking yeah. lame. Man. Fuck I, I, man. And Brilliant Idiots, uh, since you referenced that, made a really good point as well of like, buddy, you literally were handing out books on native tribes yeah. and how to find the Zen from different kinds of yoga and all this different spiritual shit. Yeah. So you can force that shit as an, a, a boss level employee mm. onto the people that work for you. But as a fan, it's too much to consume. It. Let's see. Come on, man. Eat a dick, buddy. It wasn't that deep. And you also miss great basketball. And honestly, I don't think anybody after what? 2012 cares what Phil Jackson got to say. After the Knicks debacle where Melo was kind of like, he's a fucking scumbag. Nobody really cared. Yeah, no, but nobody's checking. I mean, Legend, cool. Nobody's checking for Phil Jackson, nor is anybody going to not watch basketball because Phil Jackson isn't watching basketball. We don't care. Yeah. Viewership's not hurting. They're still at $1.6 billion. Yeah, it's, it's, it's doing pretty fine with every God forbid Phil Jackson isn't watching. Yeah. Nobody oh, cares, you fucking loser. Yeah. That was a weird stance. Such a weird stance uh, for him. Yeah, leave it that you're not watching and keep it moving, man. Yeah, have a blast, buddy. Uh, Matt Gallo was last night. I saw uh, D. Wade uh, trending today, so I clicked on it, and the first video I saw was him getting heckled. Him and Gabrielle Union were walking to the car, and I saw uh, uh, heckled. Oh, shit. Yeah, it was a chubby white fella while they were walking to the car, and he goes, D. Wade, why'd you, let, uh, why'd you mutilate your son? Oh, shit. Yeah, right. Um. So I thought that's why it was trending. Yeah. Damn. That's wild. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So he's getting heckled. Um, so I thought that's why it was trending. But apparently he did a, a, I guess, on the spot interview on the Met Gala. And I kind of, first, I guess, he did an interview last week and he spoke to why he was leaving Florida, I guess, because the anti trans bill had passed or whatnot. He says his family wouldn't feel safe. Obviously, his uh, daughter's trans. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think she's like 16 now. Um, fucking uh, Dan, uh, what is it? Dan Levitard? Dan Levitard. He had a really good statement on this. Uh, go watch it if you have a time. But D. Wade basically gives an interview at the Met Gala. And he kind of talks uh, about his son's transit or daughter's transition. I don't Whatever. Um, not to be insensitive. I'm just not sure. Uh-huh. Um, and he pretty much goes, like, I support my kids. And then he pulls up some stats of saying the overwhelming the overwhelming percentage decreases of kids' acceptance and, and love from their parents drops the suicide rate on trans kids and gay kids. Um, and, like, it's really that simplistic of it. Like, yeah, we might have disagreements on thought process. Would I be, like, pumped if my son wanted to start dressing like a girl at 13, 14? No, I wouldn't be pumped. But I'd be a lot sadder if he killed himself. That's a fact. Like, that's just, like, to be blunt, and I'm glad he finally took it there to, like, where's the, what's the option here? You want me to shame my son into wearing Tim's and jerseys, and then mm-hmm. I find him hanging in his fucking room one day? And like, what do you guys want me to do here? Like, yeah. like, what the fuck? Like, I'm just trying to make sure my kids are happy and healthy, and, like, more power to D-Wade. Because mm-hmm. that's a difficult situation, I'm sure, like, I'm sure that wasn't the easiest drawing at first. I'm sure it wasn't. Couldn't have been. Especially you playing one of the most masculine sports. Uh, you a huge figure in it. You a public figure. Um, people looking at you like, damn, D-Wade, your son, blah, blah. But I think D-Wade did it the right way. He embraced it, uh, lived his truth. And what could you really say about him when he's embracing it? It's different if you're being resistant towards it. Um but shit, D-Wade took that shit head on and put that shit out to the world as well. And we really don't know the conversations D-Wade D had with his daughter. We don't. Beforehand. We don't know how long that was brewing. We don't know if he made her go to therapy. We don't know none of that shit. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, if it comes down to 
my kid's happiness and I vetted the process. I did my research and so and so, and I'm looking at this shit and I'm going, fucking two out of ten, three out of ten trans kids kill themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do what the fuck you want. I'd rather I'd rather you be a trans kid than a dead kid any day of the week. And I feel like in D Way's case, he made the right decision, especially leaving the country and or leaving the country, leaving the state that doesn't accept what he's doing with his child and doesn't accept his uh, child's decisions. And like kudos to D Wade's oldest son as well. Yeah. Because that, I feel like D Wade is mentally there as an adult to really accept that. And his oldest son, 16, 15, accepted that shit right off the rip. Fuck mm-hmm. you guys. This is my sister. Yep. The whole shit. Like, I don't know why we feel like we can interject on people's parenting like only sometimes. Other times, like if somebody's beating their kid, we don't interject. Oh, that's how they parent. Like that's that's fine. Like they do this, yelling, whatever. But Mm -hmm. like unless like only on certain shit, we're like, oh, that's not how you raise your kid. Mind your fucking business, yo. If the kid's not hurt, mind your fucking business. Yeah. It's it's the right call, man. I mean. Like you said, you don't want to walk in and see your kid hurting because of a decision that you're not allowing them to do something. Now, is it shit that you may not want your child to do? Yes. Um, Like you said, man, I'm thinking about it because I know on a previous podcast when the shit first broke, we talked about it. And um, I know for a fact I was probably opposed to it as far as the hormones and shit. Well, that's a whole different argument. I I think that's a whole different argument. Yeah. I was definitely opposed to that, but when it comes to the well-being and the sadness, because who wants to see their kid around the house sad because of something you've done to them or didn't allow them to do so? Yeah, tough decision, but D-Wade definitely took it like a champ. Like, all right, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do what I gotta do in this situation. If, if it comes down to fucking, um, if it comes down to the hormone shit or anything permanent, then yeah, I would have not signed off on it. Dude, I feel like I have to sneeze, but it's not fucking coming. It's the worst. Mm-hmm. Right, I think I got it. But anyway, I think like if it's a permanent decision, maybe hormone transplant or, or treatment or like sex change or whatnot, then yeah, you're gonna have to wait until you're adult and your your brain's fully formed. But I'm not gonna make you run around and act masculine if you feel like you're a girl. And that's what you felt like for the last and this shit's been happening like four years now. Shit ain't changed yet. Yeah, no. that's what the fuck you want to do. Like that would have been like I'd like. Our parents can't really steer us that much without us hating them. You yeah. know, like I can't imagine my mom going, You're not listening to rapper playing basketball. You're going to listen to straight country. You're going to go to church and you're going to play frisbee golf. And that's fucking the end of it. You know how much I would dislike her? And even not even just the dislike part, the part of how much more you're going to want to do the things that she's 100%. telling you. Now I'm going to go crazy. Yeah. Legit. Now, now, yeah. So, I get more power to D Wade. I respect the decision, and the fat guy heck on him. Lose some fucking weight, you loser. Yeah. All right. Stop <laughs> worrying about him mutilating his son. You're mutilating yourself, you fucking loser. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. Hey, my motherfuckers, that that's not healthy. Is telling motherfuckers what's healthy to do. Get yourself healthy, pussy. I'm not about to puff my vape in your face and shame you for chewing tobacco. Right. Fucking shut the fuck up. <sighs> Motherfuckers is crazy, bro. Yeah. Motherfuckers is crazy. Uh, random thoughts? Yeah, I've just been looking up my random thought. Uh, I had to get more facts on it. But uh, so I believe we touched on it. Utah passed a law restricting uh, kids and teens from being on social media under 18 without consent. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, in news of that, Pornhub has completely blocked access to their site in Utah. So there's no Pornhub in Utah. Kids are gonna be jerking off memory. Yeah. So interesting. Oh. But but yeah yeah. <laughs> I mean, what about the magazine sales is about yeah. <laughs> skyrocketing. The black market yeah. DVDs is about to go nuts. Yeah. No no Pornhub for anybody in Utah. So. <laughs> Motherfuckers used to have to make them DVDs work. Yeah. yeah, a lot of a lot of, a lot of DVDs. <laughs> See the same scene twenty times. That should still work like a charm. Sales <laughs> will be going up. Magazine sales skyrocketing. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that's my random thought. Pornhub blocks access. Sucks to suck being Utah man. Dude, sucks to suck. 
Uh, Random thought, my buddy Kyle's weddings this weekend. Uh, gonna be an absolute blast. Weddings are probably my favorite thing to do. Um, he booked a tea time 8 a.m. in the morning at his wedding. Isn't that a risky move, right? 8 a.m. in the morning at his wedding, dog. That's what I said. His girl, but his girl booked it for him. More power to her. She's got a lot of trust in him. Um, it's, it's gonna be a, a marathon of a weekend for Dill. Yeah, a marathon of a weekend. I love a uh, two week span for you, man. Three week, three weeks, man. Four weeks, four, four weeks, man. Five weeks, man. Life, man. Six weeks. Yeah. Living the life. It's been a year. Yeah. It's been a year. All right. Till next time. Right, Till next time.